Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Without language, one cannot talk to people and understand them. One cannot share their hopes and aspirations, grasp their history, appreciate their poetry, or savor their songs. Nelson Mandela. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We are a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Siri Panindra, and today's theme is the gift of language. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you too can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. Be the Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. We have launched Operation Fire Disaster Relief. Please donate today at www.bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. And to start off this hour, Kenneth is back with another installation of his segment on 2020 Vision. Hi, Kenneth. How are you doing? Hi, Siri. I'm doing great. Um, So for today, for 2020 Vision, I wanted to talk about what is known as a language of film and what that means. Just as a fun way to keep in mind that languages aren't just limited to spoken or written words, I thought it would be interesting to look into how visuals and sounds convey a message without letters or words. Because essentially, a language is just a tool to get a message across, right? So why not include music and visuals as a type of language? Obviously, most movies have dialogue to move the plot along, as well as flesh out characters. But there's a lot that can be said with just with camera movements and setups, lighting and editing. This is usually what people refer to as film language. The basics of this idea is to tell a story or event in pictures instead of words. When establishing a moment, you usually want to cover who, what, when, where, and why. Um, Just instead of using words to describe these, you show them through pictures. This is pretty simple to understand and see. You'll usually show the face of the main character to set up who, a couple shots of what he or she is doing for what, color of the sky, a historical landmark, a clock for when, a wide establishing shot for where, and a combination of these uh, to express the character's motivation or emotion. And it's within this basic structure is where a lot of variation happens, particularly around conveying the why part. And while there seems to be a lot of debate about how spoken and written languages were and are formed, it's pretty clear why film language, uh, particularly the visual aspects of it, is effective. Film language is basically the use of techniques to simulate and reflect how people view the world normally. You see different things in different ways for different situations. 
and those different situations probably cause different emotions. You recreate that kind of visual environment and for a given situation, and that's how you can connect to that given emotion. Probably one of the most noticeable things you can do is control the size of your shot to describe a scene or theme. Big, wide perspectives usually mean something special in the real world. You're on top of a tall building or mountain when most of the other, world, other people in your vicinity are below you. You're at an important event with a lot of other people. So this kind of shot can then convey importance in a setting or, inv- or event. Here for me, a lot of Steven Spielberg's famous scenes come to mind. The dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, the running through the desert in Indiana Jones, the bike chase in E.T., and the Nazi raid in Schindler's List. They're shot with a lot of big, wide angles that convey a sense of awe or grandiose. Now, that can be made to seem threatening in context, like with the Nazis in Schindler's List or the T-Rex, or exciting, like in E.T. and Indiana Jones. You can obviously push up into a close-up, make things seem more personal and tense, like focusing on the eyes as the actor squints. This kind of thing is pretty common in Western movies during duels or standoffs. This also seems to make sense, since people in real life focus on the face and its subtle features and movements during important personal interactions. To go along with shot sizes, there are camera positions and compositions that can show off different emotions or focuses within the scene. If someone is looking straight at the camera, the audience will probably focus on their face and extension focus on the character. If the character is facing away, you will usually notice the setting around them. They're staring at directly at something, your eyes will probably gravitate towards the object they're looking at. Again, another classic technique that a lot of people know about is the pointing the camera up from below to show strength or dominance, and from top down to show weakness or vulnerability. This is pretty logical. If you're looking at someone from below, they are taller and probably more capable of physically overpowering you. That physical sign of strength and ability can be used to convey situational dominance or power. Moving the camera strings, these moving camera strings, these elements together, you can follow action to keep focus on it or move away from it to shift focus away. Shake the camera to simulate an adrenaline rush during fear or excitement, or keep it perfectly still to allow viewers to notice small changes or moves. Colors and lights are also very noticeable elements. You'll probably see someone try to look scary by shining a flashlight up at their face to create weird shadows. It might not actually be that scary when a friend or family member does it in real life, but they're kind of on the right track. Mm-hmm. Using that weird lighting makes your face look normal or monster-like when the shadow creates weird, st- weird shapes. There's also the level of light, which you can change to create uneasiness or, or comfort in light. Uh, the color red is famously associated with fear, anger, and passion due to its connection to real-life things like blood. And blue is often associated with sadness, shyness, or calmness due to its connection to the open sea or sky or rain. You can put colored objects in the shot or cover the entire scene or film with a specific tint. And then, of course, in post-production, editing and music can then go a long way to enhance the feeling of a given scene. A recent film that I think exemplifies all this very well is Moonlight, which won Best Picture at the 2017 Oscars. The film doesn't use too many complex techniques to get the message across, but you can see there's a lot of detail put into how everything is laid out. Right from the first shot, the camera moves in a way that sets up multiple themes and feelings at once. The camera follows Juan, one of the secondary protagonists of the movie. Juan is a strong, powerful character that ends up being a father figure to the main character later in the film. So the camera moves steadily. Other conversations and actions happen around him, but the camera stays trained on him, indicating that he is an important, powerful person, both within the world and the narrative. Juan is also a drug dealer who constantly has to look behind him, so the camera spins around to create a sense of paranoia. When the shot changes to the focus on the main main protagonist, Chiron, everything instantly changes. The lighting becomes noticeably darker, and the camera shakes erratically. Chiron is a character that is constantly in fear, and in this moment, he is running from his bullies. 
takes up much more of the shot as he runs to create claustrophobia and in effect fear. Chiron also has his back to the audience, suggesting shyness and fear. Almost every single moment from then on is filled with details like the use to communicate to the audience purely through visuals and music. In general, film language is a tool that plays on what feels right to the audience. It's used to tap into experience the viewer can understand and relate to. It might almost be looked at as primitive in a certain way, I guess, but it's hugely effective nonetheless. Wow, that's really good insight about film language. And I could tell that film language is just like the English language. Um, how extensively can film language describe something beyond character audience emotions? Is it possible that you can describe a scenario without any help from the plot or the dialogue? Any help from plot or dialogue would be really difficult, but I think it can be done. Film language can really basically describe the entire core of most situations. You know, dialogue fleshes out the edges, but if you take a conversation and you film it with, you know, the perfectly chosen angles and lighting, throw in a motif or symbol to remind the audience about certain plot points maybe, you can understand maybe at least 90% of what's happening. The specific pieces of dialogue add to the detail, but they're not always absolutely essential. Um, so these different components of film languages are so purposeful, and your segment gave us a really good insight of them. Are there any elements, such as colors, lights, and other components of filming, that are more or less important than the others, or are they all of equal importance when it comes to filming? I think they do differ in importance, but it always kind of changes with each, each situation. Like, I guess if you want to communicate something that's mostly just quiet, uh, you'll kind of you'll use those kind of shots way more uh, weird artistic lighting, I guess. Uh, if you want to focus more on, I guess, actions or dialogue, then you can kind of tone down some of those parts and maybe more focus on specific camera angles. And yeah, I think it's really different for every situation. None of them are Im unimportant, but yeah their value kind of changes. Definitely. So how do you make sure that none of these factors contradict each other so that, you know, one doesn't override the importance of the other one? I think when you kind of review that kind of video back, if something does contradict each other, or if two things do contradict each other, then it just won't feel right. It's pretty easy to kind of tell that maybe if you want something to feel intimate, but then the lighting is kind of really sterile or the shot is really empty, then it just doesn't feel, you don't really get the feeling that you feel like the characters or the dialogue or plot is supposed to give you. And so then you can kind of, I guess, go back and change that or criticize that kind of work. And should viewers consciously look for film language techniques while watching? Will it somehow give them a better experience? Um, personally, I usually don't actually do this for the, at least the first time I watch something. Like what I said about, you know, kind of just feeling that something doesn't really um, connect, right? When I first watch a film, I kind of just like to focus on what is supposed to be focused on, which is kind of just character interactions and like the characters' faces and what they're saying. And then the film language in the background is kind of subconsciously uh, received by me. And I think that's kind of the best way to look at something at first. And if you really want to appreciate what the every single part that goes into uh, making that kind of atmosphere and experience, then you can go back and watch it again and kind of focus on every technique. 
And since this segment is all about language, how does filming relate to language as a whole? Um, filming can, well, yeah, one, of course, uh, filming is kind of a language, but it's all, it, uh, in that it can kind of portray what people want to say uh, to each other or about themselves. Uh, of course, it can also kind of uh, change depending on every language and culture. You know, different languages work in different ways, and uh, that kind of visual language can also change. If you look at different movies from around the world, then there usually is like a stylistic difference between each of them. Um, you know, American, I think the uh, Engl American English is kind of more, I guess, loud and dynamic and, you know, uh, kind of energetic. And a lot of American movies are kind of the same way. Uh, I guess the European languages are considered more elegant, romantic, and there are a lot of, you know, artistic, independent films and things like that that are famous in Europe. So, yeah. And you seem to know a lot of information about this. And personally, what got you interested in film language as a whole? Uh, it was just kind of watching movies and just, I guess, thinking about them afterwards and why I was so emotionally invested in every, er, in really good movies. And, you know, I would just kind of go back and analyze why something made me feel this way and what worked and what didn't. And out of that, you just learn a lot about the different things people can do to kind of push you towards certain feelings and emotions and how that can be used to, you know, convey a strong message. Wow, that was an incredible segment on film language, Kenneth. Thank you for that insight into today's theme. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this segment. I'm Siri Panindra. Listeners, be sure to support our show and these amazing segments by donating to Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this wonderful program. We have lots of fun events coming up, so check out www.bethestarur.org and follow our blog. Watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash bethestarur. In addition, Be The Star You Are founder and Express Yourself producer, Cynthia Bryan has just authored a brand new book, Going with the Goddess Gardener. It's now available at cynthiabryan.com slash online dash dash store with 25% of proceeds benefiting Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself. Make sure to keep listening as we continue our beautiful conversation about the gift of language. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. 
Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Siri Panindra on Express Yourself, and today's theme is the gift of language. In this segment, we have two amazing guests joining us today. Our first guest is Vane Keolohi Powell. He is the founder and senior instructor of Hawaiian Shamanic Bodywork, an educational vehicle focusing on the highest wisdom of the soul's ability to create health and abundance in one's life. Keolohi has traveled for over two decades, sharing Hawaiian shamanic bodywork and the body tune-up in the USA, Canada, Costa Rica, Fiji, Australia, Europe, and the United Kingdom. Our second wonderful guest is Patty Miller. She's a promoter of joy, bliss, and deep healing. She has practiced and trained others in Hawaiian healing techniques for over 10 years. Patty offers Hawaiian massage sessions at Casaroma Wellness Clinic and assists customers with a variety of stress and pain-reducing treatments. She also teaches in workshops on Hawaiian massage and healing in BC, Canada. With that, let's welcome them on the show. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Patty. Hello. Aloha. 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 Let's jump right in. You wrote, the Hawaiian language is very beautiful. Each Hawaiian word has several meanings. And you also said that it has been said that a culture survives through its language. This is true for the Hawaiian people. Can you tell us more about the Hawaiian language and how maintaining the language has helped the culture survive? It's often been said that um, a cultural, a cultural, a culture is is uh, kept alive in the language, and uh, that's true for the Hawaiian language. Um, the a lot of the philosophy and the culture is embedded in the language itself. And I think, you know, Patty, you might have something more to say about that. What do you think? I think that the language was, is the language of their ancestors. So if they're speaking that language, it carries a lot of power. Wow, that's very interesting. I, I can indeed relate to the importance of culture, just like the Hawaiian one, because I actually dance Bharatanatyam which is an Indian classical dance. And in the ancient times, Bharatanatyam was a form of storytelling to spread the different mythological legends and the Indian culture. And this is really similar to the Hawaiian language and how the culture survives through the language. So really good um, answers. And I have another question for the both of you. What is the importance of connecting to the ancestors and how does it relate to Hawaiian healing? Well, part of Hawaiian healing is connecting to your own ancestors so that the spirits of your ancestors can assist you as a healer. So you're teaming up with the ancestors of the person who's coming for a healing, so their ancestors participate in the healing, but also your own ancestors can help strengthen your own abilities as a healer. So calling in the ancestors for this type of healing increases the power of the healing so because you're having all this help from from the spirit world mm-hmm. wow that's very fascinating and i'd like to move on to lomi lomi um to the practices of the hawaiian healing and massages so first of all what is lomi lomi well it's often been said that um 
by some of the Lomi masters that Lomi Lomi is a prayer in motion. Okay, so I'm sure that mastering Lomi Lomi takes a lot of practice and determination. So how does one learn to become a good practitioner of Lomi Lomi? Well, you find a good teacher, one that you can resonate with, and you call to all the spirits that surround this particular medicine practice to assist you in learning it, remembering it, and doing it properly. Okay, so what is the procedure of the Lomi Lomi massage? Could you elaborate on the procedure and what is done in a Lomi Lomi massage? Patty? Well, everybody has their own style of Lomi Lomi massage. The word Lomi Lomi itself just means to massage the body. So there's many, many different styles. Um, But the styles that we teach... They usually involve massaging both the front and back of the body. So hopefully you have time to do the whole body. But in general, like it involves massage from light pressure to deep pressure. And there are some prayers involved. They can be spoken prayers or chanting or just praying silently. Um, so the pressure can vary from light to deep pressure. There can be assisted stretching, joint rotations to open the shoulders, the hips, the elbows, the wrists, the knees, um, the neck, and then there's belly massage. So you, in Hawaiian healing, the belly is a very big part of the massage. So hopefully you can always have time to include that in a session because it will strengthen the healing a lot. Okay, so do you use any special oils or any kind of material when massaging the body? Well, there's... Uh, The Hawaiian people had herbs, their own type of herbal medicine. Um, But since I'm personally not Hawaiian and I don't live in Hawaii, I just use medicines that are more available around here. So I, I use a lot of essential oils and aromatherapy blends. Um, but you don't need any of that to do Lomi Lomi, necessarily. Okay. It's up to each practitioner what oils they want to incorporate into the massage. Okay, that's really cool how you use the herbs and everything instead mm-hmm. of, you know, the oils. Um, so another question, who do you recommend should get the massages done? Because um, do these help stress relief? Um, and who do you recommend should, you know, go there and get the massage Well, that is a very tricky question. (laughs) Everyone. (laughs) Yeah, everyone needs to get get more massage. It's it's, uh, often been said, it's like, you know, how often do you brush your teeth, you know, or how often do you go to the bathroom? It's like massage, when it's incorporated into the lifestyle as a regular occurrence, um, its benefits are increased a hundredfold. So I'm not saying don't go get a massage if it's only once a year. I'm just saying increase, you know, your perspective because a really good massage can release so much um, of what doesn't belong, which is a lot yes. of the stress that we, we encounter through daily living. Um, a lot of the things that are unforgiven that seem to get swept under the carpet. All of these things can come up in a good lomi lomi. 
Okay, so there's no age limit um, for the massages? Nope. Uh, oh. I, don't, I don't think so, to my knowledge. Um, they were doing it in ancient times when the, um, the teenagers became adolescent, you know, came into their young teens. That's what I've been told. Okay, and, that's uh, really interesting. There is a very, there's various styles, so many styles that, you know, it doesn't matter what age or what you think you have or what needs to be healed or why you're coming. There is a style for everybody at any age. Okay, that's really helpful. Um, you know, some of the styles, you, you, you still have your clothes on. It's done through the clothing without deep pressure, without oil. There's so many different styles. It's, you can only imagine. There's just one for everybody. Oh, okay. So, Aka, um, A-K-A, is the navel area. And why is that so important for the massages? Well, the Aka is not actually, it doesn't actually mean the navel area. It's, it's a much bigger meaning than that. But the Aka has to do with how we're connected to everything in the universe. And there are energetic connections that can be cleared around the navel area. So the navel area is where we connect to, like, psychically connect to all the different people we're connected to energetically. So so it does relate to the Aka in that way. Um, so it's very important to clear the belly area because you're clearing all the unforgiven energy that they're holding from relationships in that part of the body through the Aka. So, so the Aka is the connection to all things. Okay. So what's the importance of breath for promoting health? It's, uh, it's number one. Uh, without oh. the breath, it's uh, more challenging to move energy. So the word ha in Hawaiian, H-A, means the breath of life <clears throat> or the breath of God. Like you have the word aloha, which is to share the breath of God, or the breath of God is in our presence. And you have the word mahalo, which uh, gives gratitude. Um, with the breath right in the center of the word. And then you've got the word ohana, which means family. It's got the breath right in the middle of it. It starts with a circle, an unbroken circle. The breath of life, ohana, and na means the many or the plural. So the word for family, ohana, is like the many who breathe together. Okay, so basically the, the breath is used to pronounce the Hawaiian language. Okay. It, it's been very important, yes, absolutely, yes. Okay, and aloha refers to the divine spirit of love that flows through all things. How can we cultivate that aloha spirit into our lives? I think through our actions, we... We can have many opportunities throughout the day to spread aloha. So um, anything that's loving, any kind of loving act is an act of aloha. So it's very important that when you leave this world, you leave the world better 
than it was when you came here. So all our acts of love are, are going to serve a higher purpose to really help everybody on this planet. So if you can help a little like old, old lady cross the street or help a child or help someone who's less fortunate than you or even just taking care of the people around you or taking care of the earth or the animals and any kind of caring, loving act is okay. an act of aloha. All right, so it's all about the kindness. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's all about kindness. And, it, and one thing to add to what Patty said is that the greatest act of love has to do with loving oneself and all that we are in a body. Oh, that's very interesting. So, you know, you have to love yourself. That's that's really important point. And that was a fascinating conversation, and I would love to keep talking about your work. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment, but we will be continuing our conversation in the next segment of the show. Listeners, be sure, sure to learn more about Wayne Kealohi Powell's and Patty Miller's insightful work at www.shamanicbodywork.com. Their book is Hawaiian Shamanistic Healing. I'm Siri Panindra. Visit www.bethestarur.org for more information about Express Yourself and Be The Star You Are. Our new anthology, Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Positive Voices in in a Changing Digital World, is now available for purchase. Also, check out Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul and Growing with the Goddess Gardener by, by Be The Star You Are founder and director, Cynthia Bryan at www.cynthiabryan.com slash books. Go to www.bethestarur.org slash events to find more about the upcoming opportunities for spreading positivity as a part of our charity. This has been another segment of Express Yourself Teen Radio. Make sure to keep listening as we continue our enlightening conversation on the gift of language. Show the world your smile, be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Siri Panindra. And our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, 
we are extending a wonderful discussion about the gift of language with our two really, really special guests. Wayne Kealohi Powell is in Hawaii and Patty Miller is in British Columbia. Be sure to check out their wonderful book, Hawaiian Shamanistic Healing, Medicine Ways to Cultivate the Aloha Spirit. As said by a reader, this book teaches readers about the core relationship between the soul and the practitioner. And when this happens, the healing that follows is immortal. In that expression is the authentic relationship between soul and person, carrying the healing that is known as Lomi Lomi, and Vane and Patty's efforts in this book speak to all lineages in single voice. Welcome back, Vane and Patty. Thank you again for joining us on Express Yourself. Thank you for having us. I'd like yeah. to start off with a question for you, Vane. What are the benefits of deep healing sessions? Well, there are so many, you know, um, people come for healing with all sorts of, of um, you know, opportunities for the practitioner to assist them. Um, but I have seen people um, create miracles in healing sessions when they come ready to, number one, forgive, um, things that haven't been forgiven, and two, uh, they come ready to surrender to the Aloha Spirit to move through the practitioner and through them and release all the tension in their body. So, you know, a good session, people can have a shower afterwards and come out looking brand new. (laughs) That's my experience. Yeah. Wow, that's that must be life-changing for some people. And can you elaborate on the examples of powerful prayer meditations? Um, um, yeah, I think, I think Patty would be good to start that. Go ahead. I think it would be fun to teach the listeners the line, E aloha pao ole, because that's in our powerful prayer section in the back of our book. E aloha pao ole is a very simple prayer you can use and just to call in the aloha spirit to so to call in that powerful force of love as love is the most powerful force of healing on the planet you want to call in the highest vibration of love so e aloha pao ole is, means infinite love or love without end so love being a infinite, infinite energy that just goes on forever. It has no end. There's no limits to how much love is there. Yes, I agree. Love is a powerful healing tool and, you know, just makes ourselves love love each other. And we were talking a little bit about the history of Hawaiian um, history. Um, So can you brief us about sacred rites in Hawaii? Did you want to talk about that, Wayne? Go ahead, Patty. Sacred rites? Yes. Um, yeah. like you mean like history. rites of passage or? Yes, just like the history of Hawaiian language. Well, there was many initiations people would go through. Um, the initiations were created by their teachers. So traditionally, the Hawaiian people would learn from one teacher for their whole life. And that teacher would teach them everything they knew about either the form of healing they were teaching or it could be navigation or it could be fishing or 
being a priest. So, so that teacher would have different initiations for their student. Um, sacred rites, I guess, are up to each individual teacher to create for their students and up to each healer to create for their the person receiving the healing because ceremony is a big part of Hawaiian culture. So there was different prayers and different ceremonies at different times of year and different gods and goddesses that were called in for different activities. So yeah. It, yeah, it can involve a lot of different things. Yeah, so... The sacred um, section in the... In in the book had to do with also honoring the soul that was coming for healing. Yes, definitely. Clearing the past and the present and the future. And, you know, it's like a ritual of releasing the past. And I'd like to um, ask a question to either one of you. What is it like to be in a training session with you or Vain, Patty? Well, in a training session, there's circle time, so you discuss the culture, the language, the spirituality, you discuss principles for healing, you can teach, you can learn chants in our workshops for healing, um, and of course, lots and lots of giving and receiving of delicious, delicious body work, so you can expect to go deep into your own personal healing process, because you want to be a clear channel for spirit as a healer so you have to have your own processes for healing yourself and also just learning how to heal others so also giving and receiving <laughs> yes definitely and I'd like to move on about some meditation techniques so I personally meditate about 15 minutes per day in the morning by sitting in an upright position and just focusing on the sounds of nature is there an easy Hawaiian meditation technique that you can quickly teach us that the listeners can practice right now to improve their day-to-day? -day? Waterfall of well, Aloha? We have, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead. Patty. You go ahead. Yeah, the Waterfall of Aloha is um, a really easy meditation practice where <clears throat> you open the crown chakra, you're on the top of your head and you envision that there's a waterfall pouring down from your your soul's light, your oversoul, your God self, um, your higher self, whatever you want to call it. But it's pouring light down into your crown chakra, into your heart, and all around and through your body. And we call it the waterfall of aloha. And you use your breath to pull it down from heaven into your body, around your body, through your body, and exhale it into your body. So you're lifting the frequency, the vibration of your energy by invoking this waterfall of aloha and breathing it in. We can do that now. So close your eyes and imagine just above you is a waterfall that you are inside of now. And use your breath. As you inhale, bring that light as water down through your crown center into your heart and exhale it into your body. And if you want to think something while you do this, you can think, I love you. 
as a, a, um, a blessing from your higher self. Breathe in wow. deeply and allow the light to spread all throughout your body and relax you. Wow, that's really soothing. And just from 30 seconds of doing it, you know, I feel less stressed and unaware about my surroundings. It's really good feeling. Um, so it's very interesting to know that each and every person has their own spirit guide who protects and helps um, the beings when experiencing the ups and downs of life. So I have a question. What is one thing our listeners at home can do right now to feel connected to their spirit guides? I think Well, that, the waterfall of Aloha is a, a really good start. Patty? Yeah, I think that everyone has the ability to connect to their spirit guides. I think you can create a sacred space within your home, um, such as an altar or a special shelf area where you can put little images to remind you of your spirit guides, whether it's an image of an angel or an image of one of your old relatives or just any kind of imagery around the house just to remind you that they are there with you. And so just you can leave little gifts around the property for your spirit guides as a token of appreciation. You can call to them in meditation while you're doing the waterfall of Aloha or another type of meditation. Just silently call to them, ask them to be with you, ask them to send you messages, ask them to clear the way for you in your life. And you will begin to feel connected to them as you practice. It just takes a lot of practice. Oh, that's true. Actually, my grandfather passed away, and sometimes I do think of him. And, you know, as you said, maybe putting tokens around the house will make me remember him more. And, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a really fantastic idea. You know, that's, that's really great. And are there other things involved in the practice of Hawaiian healing? Well, yeah, it's, in regards to the language, what hasn't been mentioned yet is the hula. And the hula is also like a moving meditation or prayer that uses Hawaiian music, Hawaiian language, and is, is um, presented through, the, through dance, where the dancer um, responds to the language by creating ocean waves or the wind blowing through trees with her body and tells the story that keeps the language alive through the hula. I actually went to Hawaii about two years ago, and I actually saw um, a hula performance, and it was just beautiful, and the rhythmic sounds of the music, and yeah, that was an amazing experience for me and my family. And that's really similar to my dancing, because Bharatanatyam, the Indian classical dance, it also promotes the Indian culture, and I can really connect personally to this Hawaiian Um, culture and language and I have another question I always I was always told that forgiveness is not for others but for us to let go of these negative feelings that we have towards anyone but how does forgiveness play a role in the physical healing of a person there can be no healing without forgiveness it's that important oh wow I didn't know that it had something to do with the physical healing Um, And also, um, uh, that was a really insightful discussion on learning how to understand um, the Hawaiian language and the massages, Lomi Lomi. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today, but we'll be here after the break. Please visit Vane K. Lohi Powell's and Patty Miller's website, 
www.shamanicbodywork.com to get more information on what they do and about their book, Hawaiian Shamanistic Healing, Medicine Ways to Cultivate the Aloha Spirit, that can be found on Amazon. I'm Siri Panindra. Find more information about our show at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Make sure to follow Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself at www.bethestarur.org to support our show and find more segments like this. During the break, be sure to check out our 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity at bethestarur.org. When we come back, we'll be returning to our discussion on language. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Siri Panindra on Express Yourself, and today's theme is the gift of language. In this last segment, we'll be ending this remarkable discussion on the gift of language with Express Yourself reporter Caitlin Sim and her segment, Ode to Literature. With that, let's welcome her on the show today. Hey, Caitlin, how are you doing? Hi, Siri. Um, Hi, all. This is Caitlin with Ode to Literature, and today I'll be mainly talking about the role of language in books and how people use them as a platform to bring their ideas about um, social or political change to light. So when was the last time you talked to someone? Probably just moments before. Maybe you're talking to someone right now. Language is present everywhere we go. It's how we communicate with one another and how we express our desires and what we want. The ability to properly articulate one's thoughts is a skill that many people strive to have because the more, quote, intelligent a person sounds, the more likely they're able to um, persuade the other person or gain something that they wish to have. So in this novel, Flowers for Algernon by Daniel Keyes, main character Charlie Gordon desperately wants to become smarter because he views himself as an incomplete person due to his IQ of 68. With this desperation, he eventually um, comes to participate in a new social science experiment that's supposed to increase his intelligence level to an unprecedented genius level. The novel is told in journal entries where we, the reader, can see all of Charlie's initial spelling and grammar errors evolve into him using much higher vocabulary and complex sentences, but at the cost of his emotional intelligence. 
Um, because the experiment only deals with his book smarts, he has virtually no emotional intelligence or street smarts, which is something he struggles with throughout the whole novel. And he actually begins to go back to his original um, IQ, which he desperately tries to prevent, but it's all in vain. Um, going back to the title, Algernon is a rat that was given the experiment in the very beginning before the experiment was done on Charlie himself and was a friend of Charlie's throughout the novel. But Algernon suffers a painful death as he fades near the uh, climax, which leads to Charlie to question whether he will suffer the same fate as the rat himself. Um, when this was first released in 1960, Flowers for Algernon was originally a short story and later adapted into a full-length novel. And it's been under the scrutiny of censorship before due to its descriptions of um, Charlie's struggles with his sexuality, but has since become a most beloved American book used to discuss the importance of language and intellect in a person and how society really treats people that they deem as, quote, inferior. Um, and I found Flowers for Algernon in my bookshelf just sitting there and Really, it was a book I hadn't read in our household at the time, so I just began to read it, and I felt like it truly showed the struggle between intellect and emotion, between being smart and having meaningful relationship with others, and I believe that this topic is very relevant to society today, especially for those of us in school right now, and I hope we are able to make a difference and make changes in this world today for the better in regards to those topics. I agree. You know, the world can be improved because... We somewhat discriminate uh, against people who are, um, quote, inferior. And that's really a good point, Caitlin, you made there. Mm -hmm. And I have a question about the author, um, Daniel Keyes. And do you know his motivation to write Flowers for Algernon? Um, I think it all really started when Keyes was young and um, he wanted to pursue writing as a career over pre-med um, which is what his parents wanted. And because his parents disagreed with him, it sparked this wonder that led to um, a very prominent theme in the book. Like, what would it be like to increase someone's intelligence? But the idea didn't become fully a story until he taught a special needs class, which really drove him to write something about the conflict between like logic and emotion. So from the blurb you gave us um, about, the struggle between emotion and logic is clearly a major theme in this novel. In your opinion, what should people be emphasizing more? And what's your final thought on the conflict of relationships and intellect? Um, I think we can all agree that there should be a really good balance between the two of, of like relationships and intellect. Um, and they're both really equally important in life and People should have both logic and emotion and because in the end, um, people really long for others in their lives and being in complete isolation can lead to some very unhappy people. Um, but at the same time, logic is obviously important when making decisions and other um, decisions and such. So you said that language is an important and critical way to communicate with others and because today's segment is all about language. What makes books still a relevant way to spread language and ideas to everyone? Well, I think um, books are language. The only difference is that they're written down on paper as opposed to just 
the spoken word. And sometimes it's important to read like certain phrases or certain themes over and over again. And um, I think it's also a very important tool used to spread like the word uh, because the spoken word can only go so far and it's a lot easier to translate books over like speeches and other forms of um, the spoken word if one is trying to get a message out there, you know? And definitely. And as we heard, listeners, in the previous segment, culture is maintained by the language. So that's also a really good point. And how do you think this book still relates to the American society today? Um, I think in this society, not just this society, but all societies, um, I think we really value how smart someone is. And sometimes we can even look down on someone that we don't view as like on our quote same level. And I think that Flowers for Algernon sort of looks at that problem and talks about it in um, an interesting and gripping way. So language is a barrier for many people, but it doesn't, that doesn't define their character or anything of that sort. So we shouldn't judge a person's character based on that. Yes, definitely. We should, you know, think about people, not about their um, looks, but rather um, not about their smartness, but rather, you know, how they are truly as a person on the deep side. Mm -hmm. And our last question, how far have we come in terms of rights for persons with cognitive and intellectual disabilities since Flowers for Algernon was published? And what barriers do we still need to overcome? Um, I think in terms of uh, rights for people with mental or physical barriers, I feel that we as a society have progressed since the time Keyes wrote this novel um, because this was written in the 1960s, so like 1966, and it's been quite a bit of time and we've had a lot more laws to protect and help people with these barriers but at the same time societal perception of um, people with disabilities is very um, it still remains a big challenge I think for our society. Yes, definitely. And what a great segment, Caitlin. Thank you so much for such a phenomenal discussion on language and a wonderful show today. With that, however, it's sadly time to say farewell. I'm Siri Panindra. We give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reports from all of the world and our listeners for making us a top-rated program. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teams talk and the world listens. For more information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at www.bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be generous, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself